0: if you had to give uh, us a prediction like you did uh last time i mean you were spot on so no no pressure yeah.
1: With
0: this new strain <laughs> what is your prediction what is what is 2021 look like
1: well like i said my concern isn't isn't this strain particular
0: One You are now tuning in to
1: Kickspot with Jido Park Park, and Mix. How you been, man? I've been okay. Everything's good. How about you? Good. Uh, Did you uh, shave your head? I did. Yeah. It was. (laughs) It was like one of those things that uh, it was getting like Einstein. Like because my hair just ends like. It, it kind of sucks because I don't get like a fro or anything. Oh. I just get like straight, just straight up hair. Oh, really? Yeah. It, and it's just, oh man. So eventually I was just like, all right, I can't deal with this. And so I, I pretty much picked my head. Does it does it stick out? Yeah, it just You're sticks straight out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it wow. just looks like, oh, It looks like I put my finger into an electric socket.
0: That, that's crazy. You <laughs> yeah. do have thick hair?
1: No, it's actually really, really thin. It's like really fine.
0: That's interesting because I I have thin hair. A lot of people assume that I have thick hair because I put a lot of product on, but mine just like falls over. I don't put anything on. It's it's actually really, really flat. So I have to put some volume on it, but.
1: Well, it's also weird too, because I kind of get this like crusted the clam look where it goes up here and then goes out, <laughs> yeah. and then there's like nothing really here, so I kind of get the like flopping down, because like this section flops.
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and I, I don't like product in my hair, so I, I try and avoid that. Otherwise, I, I know it would work, but you know, I, just, <laughs> I don't like the feeling of it.
0: <laughs> you don't want the women chasing after you. I, I get it
1: no no i don't i um it's really good woman repellent uh you know oh it's good it's always good yeah so uh how's it how's the uh uh kick spot going is it is it kind of increasing in viewership and how's all that going for you guys
0: yeah it's still uh slow and steady for us um you know we put it on hold for a couple weeks especially during the holidays um and me too with COVID and everything too, we like to do in-person interviews. Um, That's the reason why during that time we wanted to fly up to Sacramento. Yeah. Um, But with COVID and everything, I mean, it getting worse, uh, we were struggling to get people to actually meet up. And I understand like, I I don't want to put other people in danger. They don't want to put me in danger. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that we have to shift more into the virtual um, thing, like what we're doing right now for a while.
1: But I like, yeah. I just,
0: I just like, you know, just having it where everybody's just all together and then, you know, we just kind of laugh and I can see their nonverbal cues and everything, but it's yeah. a little difficult.
1: Yeah. Especially cause like, uh, one of the things you have to adjust for when I'm doing all my virtual stuff is, um, you have to wait for someone to like pause, like, yeah. You know, whereas like when you're in the room, you can kind of laugh or just kind of say something as someone else is talking. It yeah. doesn't sound weird, but like when you're recording it and you try and do that in, you know, a recording and just like someone gets, mu- both of you get muffled out and no one can hear anything. It's just, yeah. Yeah,
0: you gotta make sure it's your connection's good. Yeah, it's a first world problems for us.
1: I know, oh my, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't interview people. I can't talk to people over the internet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, for everybody that's listening or watching, uh, we are the kick spot. And I say we because it's typically with myself and my co-host Migs, but uh, he is not here. He is uh, out on vacation, uh, enjoying life right now away from people. So that's nice. I should have brought a drink as well too, but actually shouldn't because I'm actually trying to do a cleanse for a month.
1: Okay. I'm, well, trying sorry. To do
0: I'm, I'm on my second week right now.
1: Oh, that's a good so, one. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, I was, was going to wait for an entire month. I've been running uh, like five miles, three or four days a week.
1: Oh, wow. Um, that's awesome, man.
0: Playing basketball, I actually injured my my finger. Just got an x-ray and there's like a little a little fracture on this thing. So I got to go back. I uh, just found out uh, yesterday. So can't oh, lift no. anything play basketball but the running I could still do so yeah you yeah. trying to be active
1: <laughs> i re- i remember someone in my cross country team was um uh he was adamant he couldn't run because his pinky was broken because he got hit by a car or something oh, that's wow. the only thing that like hurt him but like for weeks he just didn't want to run because his pinky was broken we we made fun of him a lot for that oh wow i mean i have every
0: excuse <laughs> i got the middle finger like this so you know if i you know create a fist <laughs> yeah 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 i've got an excuse you, <laughs> you know? got an excuse <laughs> yeah. uh, so for those listeners we got ryan on on the call or the the webcam. Um, if you guys have heard previous episode, um, we talked about COVID and, and where that was heading and you know, he he hit it right on the spot. I mean, during the time when we recorded that, you'd predicted, you know, all these um, COVID cases uh, during the winter time. And yeah, fast yeah. forward now, I mean, I I didn't understand the magnitude of what you were talking about and then now it's just now it's present. Right. Yeah. And there's just so much going on in the world. I mean, I just checked today: twenty-three. I uh, know two point eight six million cases in just in California, and then uh, thirty-one thousand six hundred sixty-four deaths in California, and then worldwide twenty-three point two million cases and three hundred eighty-six deaths.
1: Uh, when I was looking at the John Hopkins tracker, which is I use uh, worldwide, we're looking at two million deaths and uh, roughly around uh, three hundred fifty. Two million deaths. Two million deaths. Yeah, worldwide. Oh wow! What did I yeah. get? I get my stats then.
0: Yeah, got, about three hundred eighty-six
1: thousand. That that's for the. US. Oh, that's I by U.S. Yeah, that's the U.S. Yeah, so the yeah. U.S. is you know has been hovering around twenty to fifteen percent of worldwide deaths, despite being 4% of the world population. So um, we're making sure we're, we're staying on top of that.
0: Yeah. And during your research, I mean, what have you, what have you seen recently?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the, the obvious thing that everyone's talking about is these new strains and you were talking about how, you know, I was making these predictions about the winter coming and and stuff like that and unfortunately um, I kind of have some more warning um, because you know I have good news and bad news really and the good news is this UK strain we can still handle it it's still within the realm of handling and there are a lot of new strains actually. There's, you know, strains in South America or, you know, uh, uh, South Africa and Japan. And there are like some new strains in the US. And to be honest, there are, um, you know, this virus has throughout the world has about 2000 different variants of it. Oh, really? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those don't really do anything because the variant can be that where where it's mutated or something like that could be in a position that really doesn't matter. So that's fine that there's 2000 of them. Um, and this new UK strain actually has 23 separate mutations on it, mm. which is where we're starting to kind of become a little bit frightened about it. Um, so I guess the best way that I've, I've been able to um, make some analogies or I've read an analogy, which was every single mutation is like a scar. And then that virus will pass that scar onto their children. And you can imagine after all these scars kind of build up, the virus will look very, very different You know, within a year mm. from where it is currently. Mm. So the big issue with that is that eventually we will reach a point where this virus will be resistant towards the antibodies that we have with the vaccine. Hmm. We're not there yet, but I kind of have a prediction that if things are going the way they are and we don't handle this over this next summer, there is a good chance that we're gonna have some sort of strain that will be antibody resistant and we're gonna be back to square one with creating a new vaccine.
0: Really, so okay. So let's let's talk about the vaccine, right? So sure, there's uh two that was authorized by the FDA, uh, the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. In mm-hmm. your okay, so I, just coming from me, I'm one of those skeptics that say, hey, I want everybody else to take it. You know, six months down the line, if you look deformed, um, you know. You yeah. take that risk right yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah I don't really know uh, you know I, and I'm I'm the, I'm the guy that doesn't take flu shots I, I just don't like going to the hospital I struggled today just even getting medical records transferred over to Kaiser um, because and I didn't ex- know exactly what I was doing I even went to the hospital yesterday with my my finger and they were like go to the x-ray place and I was like hey where is that I don't know I just don't like hospitals I don't like anything to do with like medical industry. Um, just cause I just want to just do things naturally. I don't even like taking Advil or, you know, you know, just prescriptions in general. Yeah. Um, and it's not nothing bad about other people like that, that do it. It's just, I, that's just how I grew up. My dad always told me, you know, you got to do it the natural way. You know, you, you got a fever. You're just, you just he told me to
1: run, you know, I, I just sweat it out. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but- my, my, my tradition is a uh, spicy ramen. <laughs> oh, really? When you have a fever? <laughs> just burn it out, just napalm it out. There used to be this place, Nagoman Rami, in New Jersey. And every time I would get sick, I would just go and drink eat the spiciest miso ramen I could find there.
0: And you would just sweat
1: it out and then and the next day it was just like I, I felt like a new person.
0: Oh man, I I would just put blankets all over me and I would just sweat it out. Or I have actually run and actually that does help too. Yeah. It out, and then and then like everything just flowing. So I'll just force myself to run.
1: Yeah. Like a uh, light, light exercise, light to medium exercise. Like obviously you don't want to be like thrown up or anything like that, but light to medium exercise does seem to help out with recovery and, and when you're sick and your immune system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the, the vaccine, right? Um, in your opinion of, of what you've seen so far, is it a hundred percent effective and should people trust the vaccine and then also, I guess a follow up is, which vaccine do you like more?
1: Yeah, uh, those are some great questions. Um, you know, in 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 my podcast uh, Bourbon and Tea, if anyone wants to really get into the to the nitty gritty of this, because oh. obviously I have two and a half hours of uh, content looking at this over the course of two episodes, so trying to, you know, uh, <laughs> condense into a one minute bite is is going to be difficult, but essentially, you know, the, the, the vaccines aren't 100% effective. No vaccine is, it never has been. And when people get sick and they recover from this, uh, they're not 100% resist, you know, immune. And so I think people, unfortunately, have confused the immune system with the word immunity. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you recover, you basically generate antibodies. And those antibodies will try their best to fight the virus and you'll become resistant. You'll be highly resistant. So, you know, the, the analogy I like to say is like, okay, well, if it takes a thousand viral particles to infect you for the first time, well, maybe the second time, maybe it's going to take 10,000 or 20,000, but there is going to be, eventually the virus can overload your system and you will become sick again. So, um, you know, antibodies is just a tool, and that's what vaccines do, is they are giving you a tool to fight the virus without giving you the virus. Um, now, right now, you're, you're right that we have two different vaccines with Moderna and Pfizer. Um, and, and, you know, those ones, the technology, which is called the mRNA vaccines, have been quite controversial because they're kind of a new technology and all this other stuff. But what's really interesting is when I researched it, a lot of the concerns that people have had over the years with, you know, anti-vaxxers of, you know, mercury and the vaccines and and all this other stuff that uh, people are so concerned with actually the MRNA vaccine uh, covers all that. So one of the benefits is they don't have to have additives in there. Um, they don't have to have additives in the vaccine to make it more effective, which is one of the things that traditional vaccines need aluminum hydroxide or other things. Um, so, and, um, you know, one of the other concerns I keep hearing a lot about is, well, if they give you the vaccine, how do we know it's not going to turn into the virus? Because you hear that it's, you know, a weakened virus or something like that. How do you know that it can't reactivate or something like that well the mrna vaccine isn't a virus it's just pieces of mrna that essentially just uh give your body one third of one of the 30 proteins so all you're expressing is essentially you're expressing the face of the virus you're not expressing the brain or any of the reproduction organs or anything like that you're just expressing the face so your body can recognize it Mm -hmm. so A lot of these concerns and stuff like that that people have about vaccines in general it's kind of interesting that the mrna vaccine actually that technology addresses all of these concerns i've heard
0: Hmm. so which one do you prefer
1: well between moderna and pfizer i mean they're Pretty much the same thing. It's the same technology. I don't I don't have a preference. They're both 95, 94.5% effective, right? So they're essentially the same thing. Um there is the main, there's two main differences, one of which is that the Pfizer vaccine requires 30 micrograms of a vaccine, whereas a Moderna requires 100 micrograms as far as dosage. Yeah. So you are getting one third of the dosage with the Pfizer. However, there are a lot of uh, infrastructure benefits because we've heard about all these you know, intense freezers that we need for the Pfizer and all that, keeping it negative 80 degrees Celsius, which is you know liquid nitrogen cold. And um, so So that makes it difficult to get to rural areas and and other places that don't have these freezers. And especially, you know, what I'm concerned with is is treatment of third world countries. That's what my big focus right now is. Um, And so the Moderna one is is stable at negative 20 degrees. So even though you need a higher dosage, but, you know, you don't need to handle it as carefully. So there's pros and cons to both, but I think it just kind of, levels out Um, you know now if you want to talk about the chinese vaccine or oxford or the russian one you know there those are completely different uh vaccines that i've covered in my podcast as far as you know detailing the difference between each one but you know uh people aren't really gonna see those and you know if you want i can go over kind of some of the main stories that people are going to hear and like scare, scare stories or headlines or something like that, that uh, are attributed to like the Chinese vaccine or um, something like that.
0: Well, let, let's go into that because sure. In, in the U.S., obviously it takes the FDA to, to approve a vaccine. And then I'm sure that other countries have different regulations and rules. Do, do all the people talk around the world and say, hey, this is what the vaccine should be? and then administers it? Or is it more, hey, we have our rules, they have their rules. Some of the vaccines might not be as effective. I mean, I could I could see politically where, you know, the government would wanna make money of some sort in that sense So, I mean, we pushed it out pretty fast. And I think for our country, we have the resources to, to be able to do that. Um, but from also political standpoint, to make money from financial sense, I could see them pushing it a lot faster. So I don't know which one's the most effective, but I guess just to kind of sum sum the question up, is it, is everybody working together to create that same vaccine or is it all different standards?
1: Yeah. um, You know, the only real organization that has kind of an international standard would be the WHO or um, also COVAX, which is... A, um, um, an international cooperation group that is kind of created in the European countries. Unfortunately, the U.S. hasn't agreed to join it, which I can't really wrap my head around. Um, but essentially... Um, you know, COVAX is kind of that 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 standard, that international standard that you're talking about. As far as every individual country, every individual has their country, has their own regulations, which is why, you know, England was first to approve. And then, you know, other countries kind of jumped on board. And the U.S. was actually one of the few countries that didn't jump on board. Um, um, they, they, they were a few weeks later than, than the other countries. Um, and you know, so so I did have a fear, you know, to be honest, in, in September and August about kind of these vaccines being pushed through for political reasons and yeah. elections and stuff like that. But what I what I really realized is um, I, I have a few colleagues and friends at work at the FDA and the one thing that they told me, unfortunately they couldn't speak publicly about any of this, but the one thing that they said is No one's going to take the vaccine if we, you know, fuck this up, really. So if we put out a vaccine and someone gets hurt or it's incorrect or something like that, then we've lost this fight. Because let's be honest, you know, a lot of this science right now, the biggest battle is PR. You know, getting the message across, getting the message across to every individual and and allowing every individual to understand what's going on. And when you see someone getting injured or, you know, having a reaction or something like that, you're, you're already fighting the, the uphill battle. So they, they did their best to make sure it's correct. And the Trump administration did put pressure on them to expedite it, but a lot of the scientists threatened to resign. So that resonation and that threatening of those scientists is what gave me a little bit more confidence that, that they were taking it very seriously. So
0: you had mentioned that it was 94.5% effective. Are there other vaccines around the world that are actually more effective?
1: Not really. 90, 94, 95 is pretty much as, as high as we can get. Um, um, you know, nothing's, like I said, nothing's going to be 100%. So, you know, um, when when everything was first going on and when we last spoke, I actually was thinking that these vaccines would be more around how effective the flu vaccine is, which is yeah. around 60 to 75%. I couldn't have predicted that this vaccine was going to be this effective. So it's, it's pretty great. Um, you know, we can talk about Russia's Sputnik, which... After Moderna and Pfizer and a lot of these other companies, they're like, oh, we're 95% too, but we haven't really seen any of the data. So not really clear on, on you know, yeah. how effective that one is or, you know, the Chinese or some of these other countries that don't really have the transparency that we do.
0: So when we talk about the flu virus, I mean, uh, from an outsider's perspective, like I said, I don't know much about the medical industry. I was told that they put you know the actual flu inside of you and then your body tries to fight it is that is that the same or is is that even true actually for the flu
1: well that okay so we'll we'll take a step back that's been the tradition since the first smallpox vaccine which was in the 1700s right the first kind of what you could call a vaccine was a guy uh, I forget exactly if it was a you know it was a wealthy family that hired this doctor and the doctor noticed that certain people had smallpox resistance. And I think he, I forget if it was like, it was some sort of servant or, you know, gardener or something like that, that had smallpox. And he punctured one of the kind of smallpox things and took that fluid and rubbed it on the child <laughs> and gave the child smallpox. But like he gave it, but the fluid itself had a very weakened smallpox virus in it because, that fluid, it contained a lot of immune system fighting the virus. So, so that part of it was already weakened. So the kid got sick, the kid got smallpox, but wasn't nearly as severe as the real smallpox. And, you know, we took that technology, we took that method with scientific uh, creation. We were able to completely eradicate smallpox by the 1960s and smallpox killed 30% of people infected. So, you know, that, that kind of idea and that theory has been a tried and true method. Now, fast forward to the flu vaccine and, and all these other vaccines, what we do is we actually go in and we intentionally grow either the vaccine or something like that in a cell line, uh, say dog or um, egg or something like that where you know they have the cells and we grow it in these cells and it and it essentially makes it so it is optimized for those cells and then we give it back to the people And essentially what we're doing is we're creating a virus that is optically very similar like you know it still has a face you can your body can still recognize it and stuff like that but it cannot replicate in your own body because it doesn't it's it's been optimized to work in other cell lines, if that that kind of makes sense. So essentially what we're doing is we're giving you an essentially a crippled virus, a crippled version where, you know, we take away its ability to infect you effectively. We take away its ability to replicate. We take away all these abilities and then we give you that vaccine. And so on a technical sense, you are correct, but it's, it's uh, there's a lot of safety protocols to make sure that it can't replicate inside of human, human people. So is that the same process for the
0: COVID vaccine?
1: So that's what um, is different. There are vaccines out there that are similar, but the majority of the COVID vaccines, we don't do that. Uh, you know, we're using these mRNA type things, which is essentially all it is, is it's One, it's all it is is a piece that your body requires to recognize the virus and in china that chinese vaccine is what they do is instead of giving you the rna that would essentially make this they're just giving you that that one protein that you need to recognize the virus Hmm. Um, and so the idea is that well why do we need to give you the whole virus when all we need to do is give you essentially I like to say facial recognition, right? So why can't we just give you the face of the virus so you can recognize it later?
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, and so they haven't, because they found this new strand, they haven't been able to do that with the new strand with the old vaccine, correct? Or the current vaccine?
1: Well, you know, like I said, a lot of these mutations are kind of, every single time you get a mutation, you get a scar. And eventually that scar is going to make the virus look completely different. We're not there yet. So the vaccine and the antibodies are still very effective towards this uh, uh, new strain. So, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, well, I, WebMD and other stuff that people have sent me say super virus and stuff like that. I'm like, no, this isn't a super virus. It's more contagious. Uh, which well, what's means, the difference
0: between a super virus versus this?
1: Well, it's to me, to me, that that term is just kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't really, you know, maybe Ebola is a super virus because it turns your insides to liquid, right? So, you know, there's a lot worse uh, things that I would reserve for the word super. You okay. know, when when this virus mutates to the point of our antibodies no longer being able to recognize it. Then I might say super, but even then, until the, our mortality rate goes up, you know, I, I, we can we can we can reserve super for some more deadly stuff. Um, so I guess my point is is that the general public doesn't need to be super concerned with this particular strain. Uh, it is going to make containing it more difficult though because it is more infectious which means that uh you're not going to be able to spend as much time between two people so you know earlier with it with this strain that we've had uh well we've actually had several different strains just the news never reported on so this is like you know version three already um but uh, essentially you know if we could spend 10 or 15 minutes face-to-face talking, now it's probably reduced to about five.
0: Mm.
1: So we should adjust our social protocols to adjust for this, um, this new strain because this new strain did spread during a UK lockdown, um, whereas the previous strain didn't spread in the UK lockdown. So we do need to kind of rethink that but until the virus becomes resistant towards our antibodies that we're generating when we get sick or we get vaccinated then i don't think we really need to be like crap in our pants yet
0: you mentioned that it was during a lockdown so where do you think that virus it it just it just mutated from somebody or is it you know from something that happened
1: yeah so You know, the way the way that I kind of describe this is that anytime you have a child, uh, there's random mutations and it doesn't have to come from you. It's just the process of replicating three billion different, you know, pieces of DNA essentially you know you have 3 billion different building blocks and you have to replicate every single one of them perfectly <laughs> so you know there's about a 1 in 1000 chance that you have random mutations anytime your cells replicate which is how you get cancer and you're, you know your cancer cell, your your cells are always replicating and eventually you get cancer same thing with the virus the virus has a mutational rate now thankfully so far the mutation rate of this virus is about one half of influenza and one half of HIV, which are traditionally the viruses that we are having the most trouble with fighting because as soon as we create a cure for them, they mutate to adapt to that, which is why you need a new flu vaccine every year is because, you know, this mutational rate, but you know, taking that math into account you need a new flu vaccine every year well because it mutates well one half of that is about two years for covid so and and the other thing too is every single person that gets infected is another chance for this virus to mutate so you know I think it's very, very critical that people care about not getting this virus, even even if it, they are asymptomatic, even if they have mild symptoms, even if they are healthy, even if all this other stuff, um, you know, there's other things like, you know, the virus is causing lungs to be more damaged than the smoker's lung. Um, you know, we have blood clotting. People's limbs are getting amputated. Uh, you know, if you have any sort of blood flow, there's so many different ways that you could have a really bad reaction without you knowing. Um, But besides all of those chances, you know, people need to start thinking about this. Well, death isn't your only option. Yeah. And you can still get really messed up and every, every single person that gets infected, this virus has a chance to mutate.
0: So do you think that this is gonna be like a yearly vaccination, just like the flu?
1: I hope not. <laughs> so, my, no, I mean, the, so, so this is kind of why I, I'm starting up my podcast again. So, you know, I wrapped, I wrapped season one at the end of, you know, right before Christmas. And we're starting up season two. And, you know, our main focus for season two is getting out the words that we don't have to be vaccinated every year, but if this keeps going, we will um, you know, every year, maybe even two years, you know, who knows, but, uh, this summer is going to be the most critical time to get rid of this virus. And I believe it's possible. I, I do think that with strong leadership, strong communication of what people should do and not only what you should do, but why explaining why it's important. Yeah. You know, that way people can make their own decisions. Like you said, you know, you like to make your own decisions. You know, people aren't robots so we do need to kind of tell them well we do need to minimize people from being infected because the more people that get infected the higher the risk for a new strain to develop and then all the people that did survive the first run they're now going to be susceptible again so i guess to answer your question i really hope not and i think think it's possible that over the summer, if everyone bands together, we can get rid of this and we can snuff it out just like we snuffed out smallpox, just like we're about to snuff out polio. Uh, polio will hopefully be eradicated by 2023. We can eradicate this, but we still need to keep vigilant. You sent me um,
0: like a, a visual of some sort. Yeah. What, what was that exactly?
1: So that visual is um, essentially what I've been talking about is how rapidly this this virus is mutating and the the virus itself so so what that graph is showing you is it's showing you uh, different positions on the virus's genome so every uh, as it goes from the inside to the outside it's numbered one to like you know I think it's something like 30,000 and so every little speck on that is a mutation at that position and then um the color of it is um is where where these mutations are happening where they're finding these strains and then uh you know how intense those colors are how many different mutations are happening at that positions so as you can kind of see with that visual uh you start off with really really dim light and as we're kind of transmitting through the year and into this winter it's getting brighter and brighter
0: you know you, you talk about this uh strain like it's like not that big but I, I mean i pulled up an article uh from new york post and it was titled new, newly identified strain of covid in us may be most contagious so yes. is that just because of the spread but it, it doesn't necessarily do as much damage or what's the case? so
1: so luckily um, we are lucky out that it hasn't it, it's creating some of the same symptoms we, so we know how to treat it we know how to kind of do it and, and this is just kind of um, on that perspective that um, what I was saying which is that you know yes now instead of spending 15 minutes with someone face to face, you might only be able to spend five. So that's what that contagious part is, but you know, to be honest, uh, reading the scientific literature, scientists just because it's more contagious just means it will spread faster um, and it will affect more people, which is really sad, obviously. Um, but but we we're, we're kind of dodging the bullet on the fact that the shoe hasn't dropped in the way that it's more deadly. Yeah. Or that, you know, it's antibody resistance. Those are the two things that scientists are really concerned with. I think that brings up a really good point because there's a difference between the timeline that some people are concerned with, which is, you know, the immediate future one to two weeks, and the future that the scientists are concerned with. With, you know, right now, all of our focus is preventing more mutations and hopefully that. We can get rid of this virus by this summer, because if we don't, again, uh, there's a good possibility we will have eventually a strain that is going to be antibody resistant or more deadly, um, and you know, also with with how far this virus has mutated, we are going to get see this more and more often. So this is going to become more and more frequent.
0: So. When you say that you want everything to go back to normal in the summertime, there's going to be a strain regardless, though, is what you're saying.
1: Well, what I, yeah, I mean, what I mean by going back to normal is I, I, I I guess, I guess what I meant is, is I hope by fall that, you know, enough people will be vaccinated that we can reach that herd immunity. Um, But over the summer, you know, even though it seems okay to go outside, and people are going to be healthier because they're going to be outside. They're going to be exercising. Uh, you know, when you're outside, you don't get as heavy as a viral dosage, I guess we'll say. So you know, the symptoms and all this other stuff are going to be less. So it's not going to be nearly as scary this summer. But if we continue to allow the virus to spread, is going to prepare us for a winter in 2021 that possibly could be worse than the current one now
0: so if i was to get the vaccine and um i get in i'm in contact with somebody that has a new strain what happens to me
1: well you should be complete well you should be resistant i mean obviously you know the other thing that a lot of scientists are trying to say is even though you're vaccinated you you could probably have a little bit more mobility like you know uh, hanging out, but none of us are still recommending people eating indoors over the summer, uh, even with vaccinations. We still think you need to wear a mask. You can still get sick. And actually, one of the things that that might happen with these vaccines, because it was seen in the trials, was that people can be in uh, that the vaccines themselves are reducing severity, but they're not making people completely immune to getting the virus. So there are a good sh- chance that you know someone that's vaccinated can get it be asymptomatic and pass it on so that's kind of the reason that a lot of these scientists are saying hey let's keep wearing masks even though we're vaccinated because we need to keep wearing masks we need to keep doing this until the virus is gone
0: i don't mind the masks at all i yeah I, I actually dig the masks. to be quite
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it allows you to be a little bit, you know, unique and stuff like that. So, you know, hey, yeah, go for no, it. I
0: mean, I, I was used to it in Asia, so I, I don't know why. And that, it was because of pollution in Asia, but yeah, live yeah, yeah. in LA, Orange County where there's a lot of pollution, so it's not a bad idea just to even wear it for that reason.
1: Yeah. Well, if I can give a quick statistic, um, I remember... There was an article about red meat processed red meat um, and how it was saying you know uh, 30,000 people a year were being um, attributing colon cancer to red meat to process well not red meat but processed meat like you know burgers and really really terrible was yeah so but that's 30,000 well you know 250,000 cases of cancer come from alcohol and 500,000 Uh, If I remember, I'm pretty sure this number is correct, but uh, around 500,000 cases of cancer come from air pollution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, air pollution and smoking is actually really and and just other pollutions, water pollution, you know, pollution is a huge thing.
0: I I believe it. I mean, it's so nasty here whenever it rains or whatever. I mean, just my porch right now. (laughs) I, I just moved down to Orange County. In three months ago and it's black that's how bad oh. it is it's oh man it's horrible i i set up a patio and everything outside i'm like you know, i'm just gonna hang out here on my porch and then three months later i look out and i'm like i'm never gonna use that porch ever again. <laughs> it's be yeah. My space.
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's
0: horrible uh last time i mean you were spot on so no no pressure With yeah. this new strain <laughs> What is your prediction? What is what is twenty twenty one look like?
1: Well, like I said, my concern isn't isn't this strain particular. Obviously, you know, globe. we, we have to address it appropriately with different we have to adjust our protocols. In fact, was reading an article that we haven't really adjusted our medical protocols since September, which I think is, you know, kind of we need to be revising that every month. Um, but i'm not i'm i'm not really concerned with this strain i am concerned with the children of this strain so my prediction is if this continues to run rampant if we still have by the end of the year if we have you know something like uh how how many million people are infected now something like uh overall like 20 30 million people overall have been infected in in the u.s no just worldwide
0: Uh, I think I got 23.2 million, but I
1: don't know. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So, you know, if, if this year we have another 23 million infected, we're probably going to have a new strain. And, and unfortunately, that means that people are going to be susceptible again and we're going to be back to square one. So that's my prediction. If, if we uh, lose focus over the summer when case numbers go down.
0: I will add a prediction in there. Sure. And I will say that I think that it will get worse. <laughs> Only because I there's this like misconception um, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if if these are facts, but these are things that we read, you know, last year where uh, if you're in an area where it's hot that you can't get covid. Right? And I yeah. feel like that was false. I, I, I don't know because I felt like everybody came to California. Everybody came to Florida and look at these two States. Yeah. Like it was just, it was the worst. You no. Know? Yeah. So I don't know if that's just, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, if it comes down to the summertime, I just have a good feeling. People are going to still want to come to California, um, especially in orange County. Cause everything is still open here, even though they're supposed yeah. to shut down. Um, so I don't know.
1: I I would I would agree with that. I mean I'm I guess me myself I the the thing is is I know if, if my prediction is correct again, I know where this is going. And and I I really don't want to be right. So maybe I'm just trying to trick myself into believing that, you know, with the new administration. And, you know, with uh, the impact of this winter, I'm hoping people will, at least the majority of the people, this is like treating them as a slap in the face. Be like, yeah. you know, get, get your shit together. Yeah. So um, I'm really, really hoping that because I'm tired of being right. And I personally can, you know, this is the first time I've ever, people have ever listened to me <laughs> cuz i used to be this like nerd at a party that was like oh yeah mutational rate like viruses oh this you know cool <laughs> and now everyone's listening to me i'm like i i really can't wait to go back to being irrelevant yeah i don't, I
0: I, if I saw you at a party i would find you intriguing
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, i just i, mean, I just like i mean i like
0: learning in general so yeah. If people have some, something that I don't know much of. I, I want to look at and investigate and I want to study it. It's just always been my personality. So I find it very, very interesting. You know?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, obviously I'm being a little exaggerative there, but.
0: Oh no, I believe it. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: no, I mean, it,
0: it's interesting too, because like I mentioned, like with the sun and everything and, and the heat, there's a lot of people that travel down to Mexico. Yeah. I feel like that's the only place that people are going to because it's the only place that's open for, yeah. for us to travel. So I don't know. I was guilty. I went to Tulum, I don't know, uh, last year. Yeah. Time last year. And you could tell the beach parties, uh, nobody was wearing a mask. And yeah. You no, know, I, I look at my Instagram and I see a lot of people still in Tulum just partying. And I don't know.
1: And, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i have i have friends in costa rica that are going to beach parties and stuff like that so um you know and and that also if i can if we have enough time i kind of want also put out this warning too is that um unfortunately we have a lot to worry about but we should always be very worried with third world countries or you know wherever the proper term is for that because um, you know right now 14% of the wealthiest population has purchased 90% of the vaccines till 2024 Um, 10 countries in Africa don't have a single ventilator Um, you know and so like I said it's only a matter of time until a new strain emerges and so that's why I've really shifted a lot of my kind of goals and stuff like that um, to awareness about how, how beneficial it will be to actually for, you know, in like in the selfish terms, how protective it would be to actually help out other countries that can't afford medical supplies or vaccines because, we're going to have enough vaccines here probably by the end of 2021, maybe 2022 to vaccinate everyone multiple times. And a lot of those are going to go to waste. So, you know, once we kind of, I mean, I think we should be doing it before we're taken care of, but I can understand people's opinions to do it before, you know, like to take care of ourselves before we take care of others. But um, that's, that's also where a lot of these, strains are going to be popping up as in uh, some sort of third world country and it can spread from there if we're not helping those countries out with these medical supplies and and so it's a very selfish altruistic (laughs) approach but um, you know it's not it's not a U.S. problem it's a global problem and and I feel that this country while we are going through an economic crisis the whole world is and we have enough economics here and stuff like that to be able to assist other countries and for me personally i think it's a it's a responsibility and you know i'm not talking about forcing any country to take anything but at least giving them the option to take it
0: and i didn't even think about that i mean costa rica is such a beautiful country too i I had visited about two years ago so you could only imagine a lot of tourists also going down there too yeah there's a strain i mean and more than likely there probably will be a strain in, in those countries so it'll be scary because then it'll come back regardless so even if it's not from a humanity standpoint and people want to look at it from a selfish standpoint well if you want to go vacation there you might as well help everybody else out too while you're at it
1: you know, yeah so yeah and that's that's honestly you know so uh, a little bit of personal thing here is um, you know I I have progressive vision loss so uh, I'm probably gonna be completely blind within the next 10 years So this virus for me is also um, really difficult because these were the years that I had planned to travel the most to countries where it's really, difficult vision. Like I want to go hiking all these mountains and I'm a big rock climber and blah, blah, blah. So every year that passes (laughs) is a year that I can't go out and and kind of take advantage of my vision while I can. And so for me, my, uh, you know, I have two kind of things as far as taking the vaccine as soon as I can. And, um, you know, I'm going to, as soon as it becomes available to me, uh, one of which is to travel again. You know, I I just can't wait to do that. But then there's also the idea that uh, it's going to be more difficult for someone that is unhealthy to take or at risk, like an elderly or something. like that. It's going to be harder on their system to become yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. So I'm healthy. I'm, you know, in my 30s. So why, you know, I should probably be taking this vaccine and taking the hit. And, and I've been kind of thinking of the, famous phrase from jfk you know it's not what your country can do for you it's what you can do for your country and that's kind of what i'm seeing as as a civic service Mm. if you're able to right and there's people with severe allergies that can't take it severe immunities you know obviously follow the correct guidelines and and only take it if you're within the strict groups that can take it right now but you know that that's kind of my opinion and on that
0: well, it's a valid opinion. I mean, it's very noble, um, and hopefully, everything goes back into place so that you can go visit all the the countries that you want to visit. You know, yeah, seven wonders of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Machu Picchu, man. Oh, wow, That's man. what I want to do.
0: I want to do the Machu Picchu hike. Yeah, like, I want to do it like the actual hike, not like I heard there's um the ones where you could just pay somebody and then go up real real quick.
1: Oh yeah, they give you a piggyback. Yeah, yeah all the way up man yeah oh um, yeah.
0: it's yeah. something like that but i'd rather i'd rather just hike it
1: and, you know, yeah I mean, it's a, it's the same thing for, for mount everest too. my duty
0: in the woods you know
1: <laughs> yeah you know i was i was uh speaking of that i i was paying people i was reading that um mount everest is having a like they're having poop avalanches because people are just paying like there's so many people traveling out there that they're just leaving poop and then like poop avalanches happened in oh, Mount Everest or something like that it was it was kind of wild
0: it's like defrosted as it goes down
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Just like you're, you're out days camping <laughs> just a brown <laughs> avalanche coming towards you
0: oh yeah. that's horrible yeah Well, Ryan, any other last words that you have here
1: yeah I if I could I want to plug a few things oh. um So, you know, obviously I want to plug um, my bourbon and tea podcast, uh, which is on Spotify and a lot of other things. Like I said, if you want more uh, in-depth information as far as the types of vaccines and, and, you know, what's in the actual vaccines, I, I, you know, go into a lot of that. Um, You can check out episodes six and seven from there. Um, And I I also talk about um, another episode of peptide uh designed peptides which might be kind of a new medical treatment and and we're hoping that you know this could be a a completely revolutionary way to be able to treat people with individualized medicines with designed peptides that we can make on the spot for you um so there's, there's that stuff, um, but we're launching season two at the end of January. So we have a lot more content about blood clotting, uh, heart inflammation, and we're also going to be uh, trying to throw in some more fun episodes where instead of just going over facts, we're also going to be uh, maybe having some drinks and, and having a conversation about the facts after we kind of lay them all out. Um, so I'm really, really excited to diversify the first season. I'm going to be honest, you know, I was learning everything. So there are some rough episodes in there. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think we got this down and I'm really excited. Um, the other thing I need to plug here is um, I'm collaborating with the Global Health uh, Impact, which is an organization that rates different drugs in different companies and countries on how, essentially how many lives they're saving um, by providing medicine to impoverished countries. Um, and they really focus on, you know, um, tuberculosis and malaria and a lot of these other diseases that we don't concern ourselves with. So I'm going to be working with them to do some podcasts uh, this spring. And um, we're really excited. That's going to be launching between February and May um and then eventually you know over the summer we're gonna kind of continue that as well but that's what's planned right now um that one is much more lecture based and so we have you know some of the top of the top scientists uh that's gonna give kind of a short lecture and then we're gonna have a conversation about it so um we have some fun stuff we have some straight you know uh information stuff and uh yeah so i hope we can keep everyone informed
0: Awesome. Well, if you guys want to learn more about Ryan's uh, um, endeavors, I mean, you got so many things. You got you know bourbon and tea and some other other, other things going on. Uh, feel free to uh, look at the description below, and then we'll Ryan. We're gonna just uh, shoot some links below on ours um, our social media sites uh, so that people can um, you know follow and 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 listen, um, and then. Uh, remember that our, our Instagram is the underscore kick spot and I haven't done this in like four weeks. You know, it's, it seems like <laughs> get back into it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, follow our Instagram at the underscore kick spot. And then if you're on the YouTube, make sure you do the, the deed and subscribe and follow and comment and share and do all those things. And, uh, you know, let's build, build everything together.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's it's always a pleasure, and uh, I I'm really happy that you called me right before I was about to kick off season two because you called me up right before I kicked off season one. So maybe we can do a uh, a little kickoff kickoff interview you every few months, huh?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure we're gonna have to do uh, do this again because you know things are gonna change, and and uh, in the summertime, I'll say. Ryan, you're right again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope next time we meet, we can just talk about football.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. It was great talking to you.
1: Pleasure. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to KickSpot.